Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I'm Brian Zimmerman, AVP, Client Content and Strategy with Becker's Healthcare. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Elizabeth Hyatt, Director of Payer Solutions at TitleCare. Elizabeth leads initiatives related to commercial strategy development, product solutioning, cost of care analysis, and value creation for Tito's commercial and government payers and value-based partnerships. She has 10 years of experience working at the intersection of commercial healthcare, public policy, and digital innovation with prior roles at Elevance Health, Deloitte Consulting, and the Governor's Office of Florida. She's a graduate of the University of Florida, receiving both a bachelor and master's degree. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Brian. Well, Elizabeth, really excited to, to dive in with you today. Uh, before we get to get to some 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 deeper questions about value-based care, I, I'm curious if you can just you know provide a high-level overview of your professional background for listeners and, and of course the work you're currently doing at Title Care. Sure. Thanks, Brian. Um, so like you mentioned, um, I've had an opportunity to work across different areas within the healthcare ecosystem between uh, management consulting, uh, also working at state and federal healthcare agency levels, as well as um, dipping my toes into the commercial healthcare space before uh, joining the startup world. I've really uh, prided myself on having diverse experiences in my career. You know, healthcare can can be fragmented, but there are so many different stakeholders involved in the journey of members. And so I really wanted to spend some time rotating around those different vantage points to have what I would consider a comprehensive viewpoint and how to add the most value to my team on how to really um, support our, what, what is our effort right now is really focused on virtual care and uh, value-based care. So at Tido, I support our payer partnerships and our value-based care programs either through program design, evaluating ROI for an organization, uh, maybe even working through some reimbursement strategy and some value creation for them, um, really taking a custom and tailored approach to our customers, understanding their business model, their financial portfolio, their payment portfolio, and really thinking through how value, how virtual care can help amplify and um, help them succeed in their enterprise goals. Excellent, and, and really excited to, to to bring that that sort of big picture perspective that you have uh, into this conversation today. So, first first formal question here, I, I want to get to more in depth question is, how can virtual care then, as you talked about, sort of really enable value based care? You, you talked about really working with folks who are who are taking on risk. Can you talk about virtual care as an empowering tool for for advancing value based care or, or other alternative payment models? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think all of us working in healthcare are kind of uh, reflecting on the, the last couple of years and the impact of COVID that had on our on our patients, on our organizations. Um, and I think what COVID really exposed was the vulnerability of a inflexible in-person only care delivery fee-for-service leaning model. Um, and really demanded um, that there you know, would be some innovation on the virtual care side, um, some increased adoption of, of virtual care by consumers, as well as um, you know, really kind of highlighting organizations that were that are too fee-for-service leaning, how COVID maybe impacted their revenues, their revenues and their revenue stability uh, due to the pandemic. So I think with both of those um, both of those kind of changes in, in the impact of virtual care, as well as um, you know, 
a little bit more increased dialogue around around value-based care and and adoption into how to uh, work through those models. Um, I think what we've seen is through that intersection of virtual care and how it can really help amplify alternative payment models is really how it can help deliver higher continuity of care between those in-person face-to-face visits, whether it's primary care, urgent care, or even specialty care, just creating more continuity for that member in, in their healthcare journey. I think virtual care also helps generate the needed data and insights that are critical to succeed in value-based care payment models to really help identify when interventions are needed, uh, when there's rising risk within your population, and virtual care tools can really help amplify uh, those moments of of needed needed an extra engagement. Um, I think it's also helped improve access to care. Uh, a lot of the payment models uh, in, in our country today are really focused on either Medicare Advantage members or even Medicaid members, you know, through capitated payment arrangements. And oftentimes those members are the ones that are most vulnerable and have um, the highest access to care issues. Um, so I think that's a really great point to amplify is virtual care really meets the member where they are, um, per, you know, uh, hopefully in their home, in their community, and really uh, be that access extender to get that quality care when needed. Um, and then finally, I think virtual care serves as a, um, a an additional care delivery layer within a larger technology stack that's needed to enable these payment models. So hopefully virtual care, that, that solution is helping to amplify and complement the other uh, investments that an organization has made to be confident and also be successful in um, these different alternative payment models. Yeah, and a follow-up for you for you there, Elizabeth. That was something that struck me as sort of like how um, virtual care gives you the, the data tools to really, you know, better determine when you know interventions might be necessary uh, per se. And I'm wondering if like, you know, you think about data and virtual care and using those tools as potentially a way to ultimately improve in-person visits as well. Like the in-person visit might ultimately um, be better served patients. That experience might better serve patients because it is specifically targeted as necessary, or it might be more meaningful uh, interaction between a clinician and, and a patient. Am I reading that right? Yeah, I think that's the ultimate vision is being able to use every point of care that the member may have with the healthcare system, um, particularly if it's a virtual visit, if it's an RPM instance, if it's um, even a self-reported survey, that all of that data that's that's happening that's happening outside of that care delivery uh, center is being aggregated and utilized. So when there is that face-to-face um, interaction with with the provider, it's so much more meaningful and it's so much more personal. So I, I definitely agree with you, Brian. I think that's the that's the um, it's kind of the north star for I think where a lot of us in the industry are wanting to be. But technically, it is very difficult um, to to you know aggregate all that data to make it interoperable. But I totally agree with you. I think that's definitely um, something to aspire to in terms of uh, aligning all of your data and virtual care resources. Yeah, thank you so much, Elizabeth. Let, let's talk more now about how title care specifically enables value-based care models. Can you can you share some more details there? Walk walk our listeners through that. Sure. Um, so this is a really exciting place for title care and thinking about the intersection of value-based care models. I think honestly, up until last year, given our maturity as a startup and an organization, uh, we've been really demonstrating some some great 
data and outcomes from our programs that are live in the market today that really fully align with why we are leaning into helping organizations uh, who are um, supporting value-based care models. Um, I think the first thing is really focusing on a deliver delivering a remote high-quality care visit. Um, you know, when you're doing virtual care, I think what, what Tidal Care really brings to the table is our, our solution, our, our home smart clinic. It's a, it's a handheld device that facilitates remote physical exams, and it really allows your, your care team and your provider to diagnose um, based, on, based on that remote exam data. So for example, being able to examine a patient's throat and ear canal, being able to read blood oxygen levels, heart and lung sounds, all that extra uh, clinical data that comes in um, really allows for a high resolution rate um, for that virtual care visit. So there's not a ton of redundancy, um, but it also it, it gives trust to the provider and also trust to the member that you can deliver care virtually. Um, I think also one thing that's really interesting is built on our solution is our clinical decision support, uh, which we call Tido Insights. It's an AI layer that guides patients as they conduct remote physical exams. And I think as a consumer, you know, when you're operating a device that you may not be as familiar with, I think it's really helpful to have that, that guided uh, member journey and experience. Uh, so you feel like you are getting that, that quality clinical exam. Um, and all of that data really integrates seamlessly into the EHR. So at Tido, we are really focused on that interoperability piece that I think is really critical to help uh, amplify these virtual care models. Um, finally, we're also uh, really focused on uh, patient engagement tools. So what I think what we've learned at Tido over the last couple of years is, um, you know, sending technology into the home really needs to be uh, complemented with behavior science. And how do you motivate your, your members and your patients to use these tools? Um, and so what we've really focused in on is Tido Engagement Labs, uh, which is really uh, focused on member journeys that support um, virtual care, how to, how to promote member engagement. Um, and we're really focused on understanding the, the members' needs, understanding their journey. And we those three things, so really understanding how to deliver a high-quality experience virtually. And Elizabeth there, you did a, a really nice job sketching out how this tech can, can you know, re really support value-based care models. But I'm wondering if for, for this final question here, we can zoom in even further and get even more specific. Can you provide maybe a success story of how Title Care it, it, you know, operated in value, a value-based setting and, and achieved some goals? Sure. Um, so we're seeing a, a ton of success across uh, many of our partners, um, especially, like I mentioned, those with value-based care programs. There's an aligned incentive between um, whether it's it's a payer or a provider, um, where we're really focused on, um, you know, containing medical spend, driving that high quality experience. And I think that alignment really um, eases us in, in really focusing on what are the goals of a virtual care program. Um, one specific example that I have is from Amerigroup in Texas. They're running a Medicaid program with us and they're having tremendous success after the initial launch um, late last year. And what we've seen from that program is we're, we're already working to grow and expand that program into um, additional states. Um, I, from this program specifically, I can't share specific results, but I can share that we're seeing, you know, a 98% uh, visit resolution rate. 
um, from our remote physical exams from one of our partners, um, as well as what we're also seeing is a lot of our resolution rates are in the 90s or, or above, which is really helpful to prevent any kind of redundancy or additional spend that the member may be having um, in that visit. I think what we're also seeing um, with some of these value-based care programs is a 7 to 15% drop in total cost of care across our partners, which is really, I think, um, a compelling, uh, compelling stat. Ultimately, the goal is to help guide the member into the most appropriate care setting, extending access so there isn't preventable ED or unnecessary urgent care spend, or even helping support members during after hours. So what we're seeing is extending access into the home is really helping um, impact the bottom line uh, for managing um, that medical spend and total cost of care for members. Um, we're also seeing really good NPS scores between 73 to 85. Here at Tidal, we're really focused on the UI, the UX, the member experience and engagement. Um, like I mentioned, building those custom member journeys so that the, that the member has the right message, that they're motivated, and it's really built off of cohort design and how do you actually motivate a member, whether it's a family, whether it's a member with a chronic disease, how do you really engage them in, in their own healthcare journey so that they're empowered to make uh, the, the most appropriate healthcare decision during that point in time? And then finally, I think we're also seeing really high utilization. I, again, I think that's really driven by the engagement strategy that we have often with our partners, but often uh, you know, we're seeing virtual care utilization 3X to 10X, what's industry standard, uh, that's about 8%. And so we're really focused on increasing utilization, but also increasing appropriate utilization. So we wanna, again, really focus on where the member is in their journey, how virtual care fits in at the right time um, and, and be most mindful of that. So um, I think we're what we're trying to do at Tido is really focus in on our customers' goals within their value-based care program, be very nimble and flexible, and design a program that really amplifies their strategy um, in serving that unique population that may be at risk. Certainly some impressive results so far, Elizabeth. I appreciate you sharing those with our audience and coming on to to discuss value-based care. Um, it's It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Brian. I really appreciate the time to share our impact and and, and kind of our goals in this space. Looking forward to hearing more about the, the work you're doing and Tidal Care is doing as well in the future. I also want to thank Tidal Care for sponsoring this episode. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page.